God, we thank you for this time that we've already had together, God, to worship you. God, to sing your praises out loud, God, and lift your name up. God, just like we just sang about, God, 10,000 reasons. God, there's so many reasons to praise you, but then there's 10,000 more, God. We can't even name them all. We can't even scratch the surface. God, so right now, as we just open your word and then we hear from you, God, I pray that you would speak to us like only you can, God, that you would change hearts like only you can. God, nobody is too far gone and there's nothing that you can't forgive. God, and put a new heart in us. God, so thank you for who you are, God, for your grace, God, your love and forgiveness and a purpose in our life. God, I just pray for Donna. She brings your word, God. Fill her up and give her the words to say. God, we give you all the honor and glory. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Okay, um, so I see some people that I've never seen before here tonight, so I just want to introduce myself. My name is Dawn, and um, I've been at Simple Church for ever since the beginning, and I just feel it like it's such a privilege to get to stand up here and read from God's Word to you, so I just do not take that lightly. And um, so I want to start off, I don't know why I do this to myself, I, I honestly feel led to do it every time, and I don't know why. I guess it's like to show you guys that I am just, I don't know, I don't know what it is, I'll let you come to your own conclusion. Okay, so <clears throat> I was thinking about the message and how we've been going through this series of faith and how... God has been opening so many hearts, and we've been hearing some things that, you know, different people are saying about the series and how because of the people who've gone before us that we can read about in Scripture, it's not a fairy tale, it's not an old wives' tale, it's in God's Word, and it's examples of people who struggled and messed up and had anger problems and just everything that we experience today and they persevered and they were rewarded for their faith in God even though they may not have received the promise of God during their lifetime they still believed that it would come to fruition at some point so tonight we'll be talking about Abraham and Isaac which is an unbelievable story with so many different takeaways. So I just want to share with you what God has shared with me. But I was, you know, we, we know that faith is our hope of things that, um, you know, things that we hope for and the evidence of things not seen and all that. But I read a definition this week of faith that said it is an intense trust. And I thought that was so cool because we have intense trust. For those of us who have placed our faith in Jesus, we trust in that hope with everything we have. We, we stake our life on it. We, everything we do is surrounded by the hope and the faith and the trust that we have in Jesus. And even though we mess up every single day and we, you know, take two steps forward and 25 backwards, we believe that we are covered by the blood of Jesus, and that we are made righteous in God's eyes because we've placed our faith in Jesus. So um, getting back to what I'm, I don't know why I feel led to share this with you, um, I was thinking about when I was in high school, and then after we graduated like 10 years later, some people that I knew like that played football and things like that, you know, they're still watching their football tapes, and I'm like, 
guys, why are you, you know, and so, or they kept their jersey, or they, you know, just different things in our life that mark something we've accomplished, you know, like, oh, yeah, I did that, you know, and so, like, I, I ran 50 yards for a touchdown or whatever, I don't know, um, and so people still talk about that because it was like a really high moment in our life, and it was something we accomplished, and we worked hard for and did that, so I have brought a couple of things to share some things that I've done in my life. Okay, so when I was 11 years old, I was in the fifth grade, and I was a cheerleader, okay? This is my cheerleader shirt. Oh, I know. So cute. Okay, that lasted one year. Okay, so I did not cheer again. I was like, I just don't think, I, you know, I'll try anything once, and then I usually decide that's not for me. I'm still trying to figure out what is for me. Okay, and so another thing I brought to share with you is um, I run sometimes. I do not do it as much as I want to. But, you know, I like to be in these races because I would rather die than let the person in front of me actually beat me. So I will just like kill myself almost beating the person that's this far in front of me. I don't care what it takes. They're not going to cross the line before me. So, you know, there was that time I won a medal at a race because I wouldn't let the person in front of me pass, you know, I mean, keep going ahead of me. So I have these things too. Like, we remember the things that we did ourselves. You know, like, we were strong and fit, or we were like, you know, we won an award at work, or just whatever it is, we all have those things in our life that we're really proud of, that we worked hard for. Okay, another thing that I like to do sometimes is hike, okay? Well, okay, so I was, I was going to a conference in Utah in February, and Kayla was with me, and so I was like, I wonder what we should do while we're there. I mean, the conference is only two days. We have to have fun while we're there. So I get on Instagram and start following all these accounts, Utah accounts, and I'm like, we're going hiking. We can totally do this. It's no big deal. We have Chiha in our backyard. We're used to it. We can do it, okay? So, so long story short, all the Instagram pictures, all these really cool people have their backpacks on. I'm like, we have backpacks. We're ready. I mean, go oh, okay. So, okay, Brett. <clears throat> okay, so, so here we go. Look, I'm all ready. I have my backpack and my water and my jacket and my bag. You know, I mean, you got to be ready because I was going to post a picture on Instagram too. <laughs> okay, so, so I found, a, I saw a picture. It was called Angel's Landing. I have the shirt, okay? Okay, so another thing <laughs> that I kept. Um, so, so, the people at the outfitter store was like, now you're going to need spikes for your boots. It's a little icy up there if you make it to the top, you know. And we're like, okay, we'll rent the spikes or whatever. It's no big deal. Okay, so when we first start, it's like desert kind of. And we're like, we're not even going to need the spikes. It's burning up. Like we had to take our jacket off. Or it was terrible. Well, the more we climbed up... It, there was like a patch of ice here and a patch of ice here. I was like, oh, maybe we should put our spikes on so we can step on the ice. You know, just thinking it's funny and fun, you know. Okay, well, then we reached the top and we're like, we made it. I mean, we had to wear our spikes for like 10 minutes, you know. And I was like, whoa, that was hard. And I was like, remember that guy that passed us about 10 minutes ago and rounded that corner? Where did he go? If we're at the top, where did he go? 
And we were both like, just looked at each other like the sickening realization that we really were not at the top hit us both at the same time. I was like, we've done a lot. Maybe we should go back. She's like, let's go see where he went. I was like, you know, you just have that feeling like, oh my God. So I was like, okay. So we rounded the corner and there was, I'm not kidding. I'm not, this is the truth. There was a guy in a chair and two girls with him and they were watching people. He's like, I'm not going up there. It's not worth dying. And I was like, what are you talking about? He just started telling how treacherous and dangerous and all this stuff were. But then we saw these people with no spikes, and they were coming down like it was nothing. I was like, he's just a wuss. We can do this. So, so here we go. We're just going to, okay. So that was at the point where we thought we were finished. That thing that disappears into the top of the screen is actually Angel's Landing. Put Show the next picture. Okay, that's the... Like, that's the top of it. Like, I'm way down here for the picture, and then that's the top. And those tiny little dots on the top, that's trees, full-size trees. And so, yeah. And so, sometimes in life, your pride gets the better of you where you're like, we're doing this. We're not letting these kids that are flying up here thinking that they're, you know, better than us because we're older. No. So, here we go. Well, Long story short, it was very incredibly dangerous, and we really did not know what we were getting into because we saw a picture like this before we left in hot Alabama, thinking that we were ready because we had a backpack and some boots, you know? I mean, really. And so there was chains, like, yeah, my shirt has chains on it because that's a big deal, I guess. But the chains are what you hold on to because your walkway is as wide as your body. See, I'm not kidding. And it's solid ice. It was the scariest thing I've ever done. I'll never do it again unless it's in the hot summertime. So lesson learned. That's good. But sometimes things are not what they seem when we, we don't really look beyond the surface of what's going on in life. I am not too proud to say that I take responsibility for that, and it could have really been bad, but it wasn't. Thank goodness when we got to the top. You know, when you get to the top, you think you're going to be like, yeah, we did it, but we realize we're only halfway finished. We have to go back down, and it's just, it's, it's, it's terrible. So we Joined hands for a moment of prayer. I'm not kidding. And when you start your prayer like this, you're bawling your head off and you're like, Lord, I am for real. I'm serious. Like, I'm serious. Please do not let me die. I've got children to raise at home. Please let me get back home. I mean, that is how serious it was. So that's my experience. And this is my, I feel like I earned this shirt. Okay. So, yeah. So, so... Faith, you know, it's like the world tells us, you earned that, you deserve that. And when somebody does something wrong to you, you show them what they deserve. You give it back to them. And, and our human nature, everything in us wants to do that and wants to feel that because we feel like because we won a medal, we did it. Because we climbed Angel's Landing and didn't die, we did it, we're awesome and that is not the picture of how we should look at our lives and how we should live our lives. Um, so we also do that with other things, not just, you know, all this kind of stuff. We start kind of compromising younger people. It starts young and, you know, continues as you get older. Like, 
you know, cussing. Well, that's not a big deal. Everybody does that. I let a little word slip. That's not a big deal. Drinking, smoking, you know, hooking up with your boyfriend or girlfriend, um, disrespecting your family. Just all those little little things turn into bigger things, and it damages what God is trying to do in our lives. And it diminishes what God can do in your life because you can never see the full potential of what you could be for him if you allow the enemy to make you believe that those things are no big deal. So I was thinking about all that, and I was thinking how we build our lives in such a way here, especially in America. American Christianity is very different from Christianity in third world countries, or even Christianity that we read about in Scripture. We build our lives on, we deserve it, we've worked hard for it, we're entitled to this, we need more money so we can have more stuff, so we can do this and that, you know. And we think that when we get a new car, that it's a blessing from God, Or that God is so good because I got that promotion. God just proved how good He is and how much favor I have with Him because my diagnosis came back okay. But the reality is, God is good even when the diagnosis is the worst case scenario. God is good even when the darkest day of your life comes knocking at your door and it don't leave anytime soon. He is the God that is with you in your victories is the same good, good father as the one that we're going to read about tonight in Abraham's life on Abraham's day of decision. What will he do? How will he feel? And how will all this play out in his life? We've heard for a few weeks about Abraham and Abraham and Sarah and and just his faith and what God promised him. God told him that he was going to make him the father of many nations and that he would have a son. And he knew that Sarah, in, in all reality of our terms, she was much too old to have a son for him. So he and Sarah, you know, did something really dumb and somebody else had a son for him. And honestly, we still see repercussions for that today. The disobedience that we blatantly incur against God, on the, the consequences are for generations. It's not just, doesn't just affect you, doesn't just affect your family. It is a ripple effect, and it affects way more people than you'll probably ever know about. So tonight, beginning in Hebrews uh, chapter 11, I'm going to begin in verse 17. Um, It says, It was by faith that Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. Abraham, who had received God's promises, was ready to sacrifice his only son Isaac, even though God had told him, Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted. Abraham reasoned that if Isaac died, God was able to bring him back to life again. And in a sense, Abraham did receive his son back from the dead. Can you imagine? Like, I, 
have this crazy imagination. I'm trying to put myself in Abraham's situation. You know, God was testing Abraham. Why would he do that? Why would he do that? He was testing his faith. He was testing the depth of his trust in God. And it wasn't just for Abraham and God. Sarah was involved. Isaac was involved. And everybody around them ended up knowing about it because we know about it. So it was for everybody after Abraham to know and to see and, and for God's purposes to be seen forever. Okay, so the, the actual story is in Genesis. It will be in Genesis chapter 22. And I'll just start in verse 1 and we'll kind of go from there. Uh, sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. Abraham, God called. Yes, he replied, here I am. Take your son, your only son, yes, Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah. Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will show you. So God even reiterates in the scripture your only son, your son that you love so much, I want you to go and sacrifice him. And, and even what sh- struck me first was, as soon as God called Abraham, he said, yes, here I am. He was ready. Whatever God said, I mean, he was ready. God had called Abraham to do some things already that some of us would just be like, what in the world is going on? But Abraham was ready. And so... He says, the next morning, Abraham got up early. He saddled his donkey and took two of his servants with him, along with his son, Isaac. Then he chopped wood for a fire for a burnt offering and set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day of their journey, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. Can you imagine when he saw it? He's like, that's it. We're almost there. You know, deep in his human heart, I wonder if he was going, okay, God, we're almost there. Are you going to change your mind? You know, I mean, when you find out something, sometimes you're thinking, there's no way this is real. There's no way this is really happening. There's got to be a way out. There's got to be a way out. So I just wonder if Abraham had those thoughts. Stay here with the donkey, Abraham told the servants. The boy and I will travel a little further. We will worship there, and then we will come right back. It's like Abraham was so sure. Even if he had doubt in his heart, he did not speak it. He spoke that he believed that that Isaac would be coming back with him. So Abraham placed the wood for the burnt offering on Isaac's shoulders while he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them walked on together, Isaac turned to Abraham and said, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. We have the fire and the wood, the boy said. But where is the sheep for the burnt offering? God will provide a sheep for the burnt offering, my son, Abraham answered. They both walked on together. I I wonder, was Abraham... 
shaken? Was he nervous? Was his stomach in knots? Wondering, am I really going to have to do this? And, but all the time he was speaking faith in God, that God would provide. God is faithful. God is trustworthy. Whether or not God did what Abraham wanted him to do, I believe that Abraham had the faith that God was worthy of his trust and his obedience. When they arrived at the place where God had told him to go, Abraham built an altar and arranged the wood on it. Then he tied his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. And Abraham picked up the knife to kill his son as a sacrifice. At that moment, the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. Yes, Abraham replied, here I am. Same response as the beginning. Don't lay a hand on the boy, the angel said. Do not hurt him in any way, for now I know that you truly fear God. You have not withheld him. You have not withheld from me even your own son, your only son. Then Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught in its thorns in a thicket. So he took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering in the place of his son. Abraham named the place Yahweh which means the Lord will provide. To this day, people still use that name as a proverb. On the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. Then the angel of the Lord called again to Abraham from heaven. This is what the Lord says. Because you have obeyed me and have not withheld even your son, your only son, I swear by my own name that I will certainly bless you. I will multiply your descendants beyond number like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will conquer the cities of their enemies. And through your descendants, all the nations of the earth will be blessed, all because you have obeyed me. All because you have obeyed me. I was reading that and I thought, what could God do through each of our lives if we obeyed him? If every time he called our name, we said, Yes, here I am. No matter what it was, and we joyfully, not always happy, but the joy of the Lord was in our heart, leading us and guiding us and directing us, and we truly surrendered. We weren't worried about what this world says we deserve or what our minds think that we can do on our own or what we feel like somebody owes us. But if we just get all that junk out of the way and take our pride off the table, that is the root of so many people's downfall is because they think, I think, that I shouldn't have to go through this. Or who do they think they are? You know, they're no better than me. I'm just as good as them. You know, it's like, it's all about me. What I've done, what I deserve, who I can be, what, what I want. When in reality, following Jesus is all about the world seeing Jesus instead of us. It's about when we do something, it is so in tune with the Spirit of God that lives in you if you really do have a relationship with Jesus that the world does not see you. They can't help but to see a new person 
Somebody that would not do that on their own because there's nothing in it for you. You love people that do not love you back. You do things for people that can never repay you. You forgive somebody even though they're not sorry. Just like Jesus did for us. And that's the thing about the Old Testament is Jesus is in every story in the whole Bible. That's not just about Abraham and Isaac. That is about what God did for us by sacrificing His only Son that He loved for us. He provided the sacrifice for a debt that we could never, ever even come close to repaying on our own. We can't even live for Him, and He did that for us. You know, like we fail every day. I fail every day. I hold grudges. I let my pride dictate what I do instead of letting the Holy Spirit dictate what I do. I say that I'm going to follow Jesus with all of my heart and 20 minutes later I'm doing what I want to do instead. That's the struggle of our flesh. That's what Paul talks about, about laying aside those weights that drag us down because we're so self-absorbed. We're so drawn to what we want that we, everything about Jesus gets so foggy if we're not constantly tearing away, begging God to stop us no matter what it takes. Kenny has said, you know, standing up here, if I, I've prayed that if I say the wrong thing that God would strike me dead before it comes out of my mouth. How many of us really would pray that way that God would kill us before we disgraced his name. It's following Jesus is not it's not about religion. It's not about all the rules. We can never follow all the rules. So we're doomed if that's what it's about. It's not about, you know, trying to be at church for Sunday school or be at church every Wednesday night or, you know, going to youth camp. That's not what being a Christian is. Those are all things that happen when you're faithful to the body of Christ that you belong to. And those are good things, but that is not what being a Christian is. Being a Christian is being like Christ it's striving every day to put to death everything that your body longs for and wants and feels like we deserve. We don't deserve anything good. We want the blessing, but when the bad day comes, we don't want any part of it. What about these people? Abraham was promised that he would be the father of many nations and he would be, have the promised land and all that. And for generations, the children of Israel didn't see the promised land. It's not about getting, give me something. Give me the blessing. Give me... I heard somebody say one time, Do you, it was like God was saying to them because they were complaining about something in their life and he said he felt... The Holy Spirit said, do you want the gifts 
Or do you want the giver of the gifts? You know, we just sang all these songs that are wrapped in Scripture. Truth in every line of every song that we sing every time we come in here. And we raise our hands and we're so thankful to be here. But what about when we go out there? Do people know that our heart loves the Lord? Because what really is in our heart is going to overflow out of our mouth. And it's going to be represented in who we really are. It's going to be what we spend our time doing. Where we spend our money. What we do with our free time. And how we love each other. It's all, it's, it's like the big picture of your life. It's not what you're doing today. It's what you've been doing and what you're going to be doing. Because we're, we're going to mess up. And we're going to have trouble we're going to have deep, deep pain and heartache in our life. We can't escape that because we live on this earth. But we do not have to try to walk that mountain alone. When Abraham was walking up that mountain with his son asking, where's the sacrifice? Where, Daddy, where's the sacrifice? And Abraham's like, God will provide the sacrifice. And I believe in Abraham's heart, he knew, he knew good and well that God may choose not to provide a lamb. He, he may have had to sacrifice his son, but he was willing to do it. How far am I or you willing to go for Jesus? Is it just coming to church? Is that your duty? Is that my duty? We've done it, we check it. We just check the box. We just want enough not to feel convicted and to feel like we've received a blessing. Or is it, I'm laying my life down. I, I know that I can be made new. I can be set free from the bondage of the sin that weighs us down. That's the thing. People that do not follow Christ don't see following Jesus as freedom. They see it as weak, kind of like an abstract idea that somebody needs to hold on to to make them feel like they could have a, something to help them make decisions in life. That's not what it is. Clinging to the sovereign God of this universe who is so intimate with you that He knew who you were before you were formed in your mother's womb is not weak. And faith is not believing a chair is going to hold you up like Connie said a couple of weeks ago. Faith is time after time after time praying and begging God and not seeing your prayer answered but believing that He'll answer that prayer in the way that He sees fit, in the timing that He sees fit, and He's good no matter what. It's an intense trust. If you do not have that intense trust in your heart, if the Holy Spirit does not guide you and you do not feel Him guiding you, please, please do not put that off. If you feel Him stirring in your heart, don't push that away. That is a gift. 
That is a gift that you feel that. It is an, an incredible life to, to follow Jesus. And so if you don't know him like that, and you feel him stirring in your heart, my hope is that you will call out to him and, and, and then get to know him in his word. Don't read that book like it's a textbook. It's not. That is life. That book is alive, and it is powerful. I'm going to pray, and um, if you need to come down and pray, please do. Um, this time is open for, for you to pray in your seat down here. You need to talk to Kenny or Keith or anybody. Um, now is the time for you to do that. Let's pray. Father, God, I come to you right now, Lord, and I am so thankful for, God, your faithfulness. Lord, your, God, your provision. Lord, even on our worst days and in our deepest regret, things we've messed up in that we think that we can never go back. You see us, and you know us, and you formed our hearts, and you love us deeply. God, you just want us to surrender to you. And I pray that if there's somebody here tonight, God, that feels that, that pull in their heart, Lord, that you're calling out for them, I pray that they won't push that aside. God, I thank you for the gift of Jesus. Lord, I thank you that we see Jesus in the story of Abraham and Isaac, God. The obedience of Abraham and his willingness to sacrifice his son, God. I thank you for that, Lord. And thank you for your word. Lord, I just thank you, God, for your love for us, your great love, Lord. Thank you, God, that you are good whether we're struggling up that mountain wondering what in the world is going to happen to us. You're just as good on those days as on our best days. Thank you, God, for... Thank you, God, for loving us, Lord, when you don't have to. Thank you for making a way for our freedom when you did not have to. We love you, Lord. In your name I pray. Amen.